Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 25 of the Brandon Bonanza Podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that you might hear some sporadic clapping throughout the episode. I was trying to get uh, my cat Thumper. He was, you know, he's being really rambunctious. I don't know if it was like a full moon, but he was like jumping up on my on my counter wanting to try to knock stuff over. So I was trying to clap to knock him down. I thought I had mu- muted my mic, but apparently it still came through. So if you hear some clapping, <laughs> it was just me being silly. Uh, I thought I'd just let you know that. But anyway, enjoy episode number 25. It's one of my favorites so far. I think you guys will love it. get him a microphone well i guess i started recording so we'll just start this podcast and uh my cat thumper can be listed as a credit <laughs> hey everybody welcome back to the brandon bonanza podcast uh we have a very special guest today all right listen there kitty you're not the guest on the show uh so just everyone who's listening really quick i let my cats out earlier because i let them out on occasion and this uh my cat thumper he didn't want to go all the way down the stairs because i'm on the second floor he only stayed halfway while me and Snickers were out on the grass, and he cried the whole time, and then he ran back inside, and now he's crying again, so it's hilarious. Maybe he's just sad. You know, he was yelling at us. He's like, you guys aren't properly social distancing. Anyway, welcome back to the Brandon Bonanza. Uh, today, uh, we have a very special guest. Um, listen, Kat. Uh, yeah, so I th- I'm not sure how we should refer to you. Should we refer to you as Lieutenant, or uh, what is, uh, what? Do, I don't know. You should just call me Lee. Lieutenant, no, no, Lieutenant Lee. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Um, I'm just saying I'm giving her a hard time, everybody, because my friend Lee, she just became lieutenant in the Air National Guard. So congratulations. And um, I know that it was something that um, you really wanted to or wanted for a while and you worked really hard at. So what's up? How you doing? Much. Thanks for having me on the show. It's really exciting to be here. I've been a fan of your podcast for a long time. Um, starting with terrible. That was a really good one. Thank you. Yeah, that's that one should be back on track. Um, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I had a podcast earlier and I had all this stuff go wrong and it was a friend, she lives in Australia, so I had to get it done and it just took forever. And uh, by the time I was done, I like had to go, yeah, it was too late. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to get that back on the road. So anyone that's listening to this, cause it's sometimes in the same feed, don't worry. We are still working on the Brandon Bonanza. It's just, you know. In light of current events, things get a little rough. You know how it is. But anyway, so uh, what part of the world are you in right now? I'm in Connecticut. I'm in the same part of the world as you. Yeah. Uh, what part of Connecticut? Um, I live in Meriden. My, oh, okay. gran- my, uh, I live with my grandfather, and he's a cancer survivor. So he's my best friend, and I just take care of him when I'm in town. And we just you know, do our thing, hang out. I usually help him with yard work. That's why he keeps me around. He's like, Hey, <laughs> um, there's a bunch of stuff that needs to happen in the lawn. And, uh, <laughs> you're a young, strong lady. <laughs> so you can take care of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you might as well make yourself useful, right? That's great. Exactly. Oh my God. My cat is going crazy. It's hilarious. Maybe he's, he's just uh, like sensing something that he's like trying to warn us. There's a meteor coming, guys. Like get in the get in the basement. Oh, like God, the sky's falling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's always falling. Um 
Wow, he actually sounds like a human right now. It's crazy. People must think they're listening like, oh my god, he's so terrible. It's like, no, we've been, I've been like picking him up, chasing him around. I don't know what's going on with him. He really wants to, you know, I just think he likes to go on the stairs and yell. I am going to take him out later, though. That's what I was trying to tell them. But, of course, they're cats, so they don't understand. Because if it's dark out, I think he'll come down. But I did bring them out last time, uh, last summer. And I brought them both out without leashes at night because no one is around. There's no cars, really. And my female cat, Snickers, she darts all the way across the lawn. And there's, like, a really big backyard there. And, like, there's neighbors without a fence. She ran right up to the skunk. It was this giant skunk. Oh. And she she stopped when she was about four feet shy and then just tiptoed over to him. And they, like, sniffed noses. <laughs> and they made friends. And I'm like, oh, my God, my cat's going to get sprayed. And they just made friends. And they walked away. Uh, yeah, and they just walked away. I think because the skunk was just so giant that it just wasn't really um, – yeah, it wasn't really intimidated. It was just like probably checking out. You know, it was like Pepe Le Pew. That's what I thought because I was like, oh, no, get away, you know. Oh, so, God. Uh, yes. You know, your cat's probably like, yo, he's just, he wants to be heard. He's got things to say. Yeah, he needs a podcast. <laughs> he's like, this is my hour. I'm commandeering your podcast, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome back to the podcast podcast. <laughs> Uh, I think he's calmed down. No, the worst part, though, was right before I got on the, or the funniest part, is right before I got on the phone with you, he went to the litter box. So I'm like, all right, cool, he's calming down. And then he comes and he wipes his butt all, like halfway across the kitchen floor. It was like an act oh, of defiance. Man. So that's why it took a little longer. I had to like get out and spray it and wipe it down. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> so, yeah. I love cats. Yeah, he's extra fired up. I think um, he's mad probably. I don't know. I, yeah. Anyway. So before we let this cat totally derail our podcast, um, why don't so why don't you tell me what do you like uh, like about the podcast? What was the best thing that you liked about like the dynamic, or what did you get out of it? I guess we could start there. Uh, spiritually, I've been into tarot for over ten years now, um, and it was interesting because I remember when you and I first met. We were just talking about this. I was, you know in the hula hoop scene and I was trying to get as many gigs as possible. And that's how we met through that DJ company, um, that you work with. And I think, who was it? Courtney Roy and I, we were hula hooping for mm-hmm. a mitzvah yep. of mm-hmm. some sort in New York. And, um, well, that was when I was like at the height of like going to music festivals and performing a lot, doing that. And you always run into people who are very spiritual and kind of have some, like, you know, new age tendencies. And you just meet different people that have a lot of different ideas. And I remember I wanted a tarot deck. And I was really trying to manifest it. But I had read in a lot of places that, like, it's better traditionally if you get it gifted to you. So I was kind of like, I'm not going to buy one. I'm just going to, like, wait a while. And then it was crazy because I was at this music festival in upstate New York. And I was... uh going from tent to tent, doing a little bit of shopping, and this woman just randomly, like, scouts me out and comes up to me, and she's like, you. (laughs) So weird. It was, like, the weirdest encounter ever. And I was like, uh, yes? And she said, this belongs to you, and just handed me my first, like, Raider weight deck that I, like, still use. And, like, I I love that deck. That was the first tarot deck I ever got. And um, I, like, you know did this whole ritual where I like cleansed it. I let it charge by the moon. And then I, you know, slept with it under my pillow for seven nights. And 
oh, you nice. know, the whole, the whole thing to like put my energy into these cards because I just got them gifted to me from this like super mysterious lady at a music festival. So weird. So that was when I first started experimenting with it. And um, it was just nice that you guys started a podcast that was kind of dedicated to uh, a, like just a new form of, you know, delving into your idea or concept of your reality. It was really interesting to like have someone that I knew through the interwebs and through like uh, personal experience, have a podcast dedicated to it and talking about it. And then, you know, the other thing that I like that you and Ashley do is you talk a lot about horoscopes. Well, she does because she's a cancer and she's all about it. And I'm a Virgo. I get along really well with cancers. Like cancers are, uh, I have four best friends that are all cancers, kind of like my soulmates. So it's funny because when she's like, and I'm a cancer, so this is how I feel. (laughs) And I'm a Virgo, so I love that. (laughs) Like I think about that a lot when I'm like listening to the podcast. What, do you know what your moon sign is? Yeah, my moon sign is Gemini. Okay, because I'm a cancer sun, but I have a Virgo moon. You have a Virgo moon, yeah. <laughs> Virgo sun, Gemini moon, and Taurus rising. Okay, yeah. Um, my rising sign is uh, oh, I forget. I gotta look. I I'm so terrible. I gotta look into it more. It's like, it's insane. I'm sure we'll get into it later. But there's, I just came across so much information at once that it's like, I it's hard for me to just specialize in one thing. And then especially in light of recent events, I've like been putting a lot on hold to like you know, try to get rid of this fear that's in society that I feel is like a real killer. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's, uh, that's great. I didn't, I think I cut you off a little bit, but, um, I like how you take the energy and what you did with the tarot deck and how you had your own rituals because I, I didn't do that, but I did my own separate things. Like I went hiking and I took it out into the woods and I like spread yeah. it out and I let it absorb that energy also. I mean, I bought my deck from, it was gifted to me from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but, man. Yeah, I know, you know, what, what are you, you going to do? But, um, but no, it definitely has a lot of energy, uh, my energy, because it's I've had it for now for over a year and I've taken a lot of places. I have a couple other decks that I use, but this is the main one. So every time I go hiking and stuff, I'll take it with me, even if I don't always bring it out. It's in my backpack. So yeah, um, and um, I've, I've bought a couple other decks since then. That was the very like start off to that little part of my life. So that one I wanted to. I was like, that has to come to me through some weird universal means. And then after that, you know, it's all bonus. So after, since then, I've bought um, several decks. But the other thing I like about your podcast with Ashley is that um, you guys use Classic Greater Weight deck. And then you also talk about the Thoth deck. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't own that deck, but I think it's really interesting. And I like that you guys dissect the pictures because for me, when I do a reading on myself, I don't necessarily like delve into the pictures, which I feel like is more like what an intuitive reading is. I look up more the generic, you know, Google God meaning of what that card specifically represents. A lot of times it's pretty dang accurate. Like sometimes the cards will spit things out at me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, I'll stop asking. (laughs) And it's, and it's interesting because you guys take it to this whole other level where you dissect it bit by bit from like the numerology aspect of it to the picture aspect of it. 
So I feel like there's a lot of information to be absorbed in those podcasts. And um, it's cool because it's helping me get more into the intuitive aspect of doing a reading on myself, looking at a picture and being like, what does this picture say to me? So I, I like that you guys do that. And I, I took a little bit of time out because I went to OTS, but I'm going to get back into listening to the podcast a lot because they're really fun to listen to. Awesome. That, that's great. That's exactly what we were going for because when I first came across the tarot, it was a different path than most people. I was into history. I was into wanting to know what happened. And then I got into this kind of conspiratorial realm, which is really weird because it's not even conspiracy. It's just all the stuff you can prove, but it led me to symbols. And so I started getting into symbolism and then somebody somehow was like, you got to look into the tarot. And then I got into the tarot. I was like, wow. And then I found out that some people believe it's like a lost book that each, especially the major arcana, each card is like a chapter of a book. When they say like a picture is worth a thousand words, well, this is actually more than a picture. It's like a sigil or um, even higher than that. I forget what they call it. Uh, uh, it's like what a dollar is also considered. It'll come back to me. But anyway, so there's so much in there you can take. And then also if you look at each card as a mirror that you could just hold up and look at. And if you're honest with yourself, you could see where you need to go in life, what's going on, what's going wrong. Like there's so many things you could see. And um, I think that's the tool. That's where I like to look at. It. I don't look at it as like magic. I mean, obviously I say that a lot, so I'm sure you're aware of this. But I don't, I don't really look at them as magic per se as where it's like this force that, you know, I don't know. It it hides in there. Like I think there is forces that we don't see, but it's not exactly. It's more about like emotional and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like it's all um, having to do with energy. It's kind of like my take on it. And then mm. it's, well, the other thing that's like interesting too. I so my undergrad was in um, anthropology, and when we were looking at uh, religion of anthropology, that wasn't so much about religions as much as it was about symbols. So that's one of the things that I do like that you talk about a lot because it kind of ties in together everything historically when they talk about, you know, circles and crosses. And a lot of it like reminds me of like that particular class. And I remember some people were like very, they got really turned off by the professor of that class because they were like, you know, she can be very like culty, but I was actually, I felt like a lot of what she was saying was resonating with me because the symbols are all very interconnected. They're all the same and they all have like, again, like circles are everywhere. And um, you were talking about this in your last podcast that you posted on Instagram where you had the space background and you were talking about like the three liberal arts where you're talking about input raisin yeah yeah the trivium yep the trivium, yeah, the trivium. and mm -hmm. my favorite book is the quadrivium okay yeah so you have uh music um geometry yeah uh it's the four ancient liberal arts yes yeah, yeah i shouldn't i should know this is terrible i don't but it's music I, I know. Geometry, I, I astrology and there's one more yeah there's one more <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm like yeah a lot of it's, it's funny because a lot of what you talk about is not lost on me. It relates to something else I've read or I've experienced in another part of my life. And then I think that's the other reason why I'm drawn to your particular podcast too is because you do have experience in the Marine Corps and I'm just getting started in my career in the Air Force. So there's like a lot of parallels and um, it's just, it's really neat the way energy kind of works and it and it brings you towards things for i think reasons 
Yeah, it's I, it, I you're right. It. You're right. I, I believe that a hundred percent. That that's how that works. When the student is ready, the teaching appears. That's what I like to say. Instead of the master, I like to say the teaching, because I think anything could be a teaching to you. You know, you getting into a car accident could actually be a teaching, as terrible as it is. Um, so, yeah, it's a great way to to look at stuff like that. Um, and the it's funny because so I went in more like I was in the military and I was more like right brain. And like, even when you met me originally, I was more like right brain and, you know, masculine and all that stuff. And then as I got older, I kind of got more into the spirituality and started to shift and more balance myself. And then, but I'm away from the military. So whereas you started, um, and you're more of like creative, uh, right brain, and then you're coming up into the military. So you're kind of getting into more of the masculine stuff. So you're getting like a, um, uh, a balance also in a way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I find myself a lot in this very male-dominated, masculine... Uh, oh, and just really quick, when I say masculine, I don't mean just like a masculine society. I mean just like the forces within each person. So you're using that force of will because you're in the military, but go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, like that masculine energy, it's very much associated with like very specific type of things, right? It's like... Uh, yeah. logic and war and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and then it's it's like interesting because feminine energy to me is very like um, it's it's more like that ocean kind of energy where it's very can be very powerful and unforgiving, but it's also like you know graceful and it houses this um, you cleansing know too, you know cleansing and it houses like you know ebbs and ebbs of different kinds of life and. Um, it's, it's interesting because I find myself in this very, like, masculine energy career field, and I still am extremely feminine. And I say this all the time because people are like, oh, you know, you're so – a lot of my coworkers will say, like, you're so different because I look at problems, like, very differently in the military. And I'm like, I never try to be something that I'm not. Like, I'm bringing different tools to this place, not because – I'm trying to help out like a bigger entity that might be used as like a tool for violence as much as I am trying to vibrate on a level that like helps the micro collective that I'm surrounded with. So it's like interesting because I'm here and and again we talk about this a lot like you're not fighting for the man as much as you're fighting for the guy beside you and like it's interesting because like that is like the energy that I bring to the military. Where like I went on a deployment in August and I taught yoga every time I had a day off. And like that was the part that felt very fulfilling to me. Like the parachute packing is important for sure. But then the part that was like making it all worth it was like, you know, hosting a class of all pilots that work like 17 hour days and making them like find their breath and like utilizing like certain asanas and like breath of fire to like help out their hips and help out their heart. I was like, I'm going to open up your heart. I'm going to open up those hips. Like, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> they were like, I want to call you soul mom. Like, and it was funny. <laughs> same thing happened at OTS. Um, I had my biggest yoga class to date. It was 259 uh, officers now of the air force, but we were all like officer trainees at the time. And like the first 10 minutes, people are like, what is this? Why are we doing this? But then they like got really into it. And I got to do that um, three times while I was there. It was such a like huge gift. But they were like, I want to call you spirit mom. 
<laughs> and that was kind of like, all right, that is the way that that kind of the feminine energy that I bring sort of changes the collective around me is, you know, through those little vibrational shifts. And yeah. so what really like makes it worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too that, um, yeah, it, it's great because it's like the net of Indra. I always talk about that. You can only turn your light on and then affect people around you. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned new age. So I, cause I came across this guy who kind of like, I don't know if you heard me talk about this, but it like, treats new age just like the same way as I talk about religion. So it's like how it gives you half of the answer, but it doesn't give you like the full thing. And mm -hmm. some of it could be dangerous. You know, people end up like following people and then they're like their, their uh, disciples and all this stuff. So like anything else, you really have to, um, you really have to watch yourself, uh, as far as new age. Um, but, Oh no, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. So you work on parachutes Right. And then did you, yeah. so did you choose to do that or how did that happen when you joined the military? I'm just I curious because I want to tell you my, because I work on ejection seats. So we're very close because the parachutes go inside ejection seats just for people that are listening. So it's very coincident, a very crazy coincidence. But anyway, go ahead. And I was yeah. in the Marine Corps. I wasn't in the Air Force, but I still worked on airplanes. So. Yeah. And, and, and your uh, tech school is very similar to what my tech school is. Um, and it's interesting because you're you're you were stuffing the seat right you were pure egress right that was your was that your afsc yeah or so MLS? in the in the marine corps it's a little different because we have many jobs so we we fixed the ejection seats we put like the um explosives and stuff in them we fixed all the mechanics on the seats but we also worked on the uh, the canopies we were yeah. on air conditioning system and pressurization and all that stuff also and then the liquid oxygen we worked with also so it was okay. like Whereas in the Air Force, there's like specialized in the Marine Corps, like, no, you're just going to do all this and shut up and do it. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it, you know, and we never missed our yeah. flight schedule. So that's why they always wanted the Marines instead of the Navy guys. So it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I first, so when I first had my aha moment to join the military, I was working at Lululemon and I loved that company because it paid me to do yoga like three times a week. And that to me was like something money couldn't buy because I was a, I've been a very heavy yoga practitioner for 10 years. And then last year I finally pulled the trigger and got my teaching certification. But, um, a lot of my coworkers were kind of, um, and I don't say this like to point the finger, but there's like certain things that like, just kind of like triggered me where my heart was like at the time where I was, getting like really into yoga and the art form and the practice of it and even the philosophical pieces of it. And I just felt like, you know, folding $98 yoga pants was kind of like bastardizing like the whole philosophy to me. And then a lot of my like coworkers were, you know, oh my God, have you watched the Kardashians? And I'm like, do you guys know about the Arab Spring going on right now? Like what's happening in Syria? And they were like, Lee, stop making things awkward. I was like, okay, I really need to like go do something that really gets my hands dirty and puts me in this place. Cause like, I can't take feedback about $98 yoga pants, but I can't take feedback about someone else's life. So I'm just going to like go join the military and like get involved with politics and law and like, you know, really try and make changes where I can and give back to society in a responsible way. As cheesy as that sounds, that was when I was like, Hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. See ya. And then I called a recruiter and I wanted to commission, 
when I first called a recruiter, I was trying to go on the active duty side and um, I failed the first time I took the Air Force officer qualifying test because it's like the SAT is on steroids. And normally I'm a pretty okay test taker. I can just like walk into a test and like pass and get by. And that was not the case for this particular test. I was like, whoa, I was totally unprepared for that. And I just felt so compelled to get going that I was like, whatever, I'll just enlist. And my dad um, being my, my, my father. So I come from like a whole line of like military men. I'm the first generation female in my family. And my father was active duty Air Force officer. And before that, he was a Sentinel Guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in the Army. And my dad's lived that whole active duty life. And he was like, you're not doing enlisted active duty. He's like, you're going to hate it. It's like, if you really feel like this is something you have to do, call the Air National Guard. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> and then I like got on the phone with a recruiter that he recommended to me. And we took the ASVAB and he was like, you can have any job that you want. But like, here's what we got available. And it was, it's funny because hindsight if I knew what a loadmaster was, I would have taken that job. But I was like, loadmaster? That sounds nasty. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's like, my old nickname. I'm trying to get away from that way of life, everybody. All right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not you, me, I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I was like, ew, loadmaster? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have been called a load. Gross. <laughs> and, um,. But now I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Those guys literally work on the airplane and they're part of the flying crew. Like that would have been a really good job. Um, but he sold me on aircrew flight equipment because he was like, there's this one job that you might like. It's pretty dynamic. You would be a parachute packer and you would also do all of the emergency equipment for the aircrew. So you know, their life would be in your hands. And also you get this opportunity to go to survival training school is how he put it. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Which is now, now that I've been through SEER, I'm like, dear God, like if he had sold it to me the way it actually is, like I might not have been like so amped up to do it. Like I didn't know that there was a resistance portion or any of that stuff. I was just like, oh, like, learning how to survive in the wilderness, that sounds like really useful tools for the, you know, possible Armageddon that might be coming our way. So, like, I don't know. I feel like these are things that I should know how to do. I'll take that job. And it ended up working out because I loved aircrew flight equipment. It exposed me to a lot of pilots. Um, and I love the slogan, I'm the last to let you down, which is, like, exactly... Like what it is. I and, and honestly, parachute packing is my favorite part of the job. Out of anything else that we do, I love packing chutes and I you know, I I don't love the idea of like, you know, a pilot like having to egress and jump out of the plane because if, if he is doing that, he's having a really bad day, he or she. But it's just nice to know that what I am contributing my hand to is actually like going into the process of like you know, saving potential air crew that are in like perilous situations. And then when I went through SEER training, I was like, this is like so much more than what I bargained for. But now that I've gone through that training, I'm actually super proud that I did that and that's done and it's over with and it's under my belt. But like, I mean, looking back at my like young 26 year old self, I'm like, Oh, survival training school. That sounds great. And then you know, 2018 rolls in and I'm like, 
getting slapped around and in, in this super intense like seer training and i'm like dear god like <laughs> what is this <laughs> like take me out <laughs> i don't want to do this anymore um but no it's 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 opened up a lot of doors and um that's how i ended up in aircrew flight equipment like I said, in hindsight, I probably would have chosen to be a loadmaster. But at the time, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, that sounds gross. Oh, but instead, you chose shoot packer. <laughs> yeah, parachute rigger. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so do you work, uh, did you work on helicopters or fixed wing? Fixed wing. Fixed oh, okay. wing aircraft. What, what aircraft? C-130s. Oh, all right. C-130s. Okay. All right. I get yeah, it. So I then they, no objections these They would just bail out then, right? Yeah, but you know what's so strange about, like, rules, right? So they only put, like, six parachutes on that aircraft for the crew. And then as soon as you have one extra person on that airplane, they can't use the chutes anymore. So that part, like, kind of drives me crazy because I'm like... You know, put more shoots on there or don't yeah. put them. Oh, because I've flown. That's right. I've flown on a C-130 before. Now I'm thinking it's like the gears are turning in my head. I'm like, oh, wait. Now I just realized they didn't have a shoot for me. <laughs> I'm like, Thank yeah. you, United States Marine Corps. That's you right. That was the best sleep, sleep, uh, sleep I ever got in a flight. I slept on a bunch of pallets. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it's funny because uh, when we deployed, we flew our own tails over the ocean and I know how often those things break. And so I took a bunch of sleeping pills to get me through. They were like, hey, did you feel that engine three shutdown? And I was like, hell no, I was on drugs, knocked out. And they were like, uh, what would you have done if it went down? And I'm like, if it's my time, it's my time. I really don't want to know. I don't want to panic. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's pretty that's i like that if it's my time it's my time uh, yes. yeah. i've used that phrase a few times before who um because our c-130 broke on the way home so that that's great that you mentioned i gotta just say that that you mentioned uh syria because i'm very pretty well versed in uh foreign affairs i don't know if you ever heard me talk about it or whatever but I it have. is yeah, yeah. So we we probably can actually we could probably have a show on foreign affairs, but I don't know how much you could talk about since you are a commissioned officer in the military. Well, I also got my master's in political science with a specialty in international politics. So yeah, I, and you know I have a website called More Laws, More Problems, right? And I'm a I, I'm a hardcore anarchist. I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> yeah it's great oh because listen i i got especially so have you now you've i'm sure you've heard me talk about the occult and all that stuff have you ever come across any of that stuff or what's your experience with that just that word itself my cat's what really is, yelling now it, man it, it, it's a black it, cat it, yelling when i say the word occult oh no there must be witches like, around don't you summon that <laughs> um well it's interesting because when i do you know, there's certain, like, connotations that are affiliated with that word. When you think of the occult, you think of, like, secret societies, like Skull and Bones and stuff like that. And and it's interesting because you get to talking to different pa people. Like, I've talked to a couple of Freemasons, and they're like, yeah, everything is, like, all well and good until you start donating a lot more money and getting higher up the echelon. And then things start getting a little, like, you know satanic worshipy and then you're like this is getting a little too weird i'm gonna dip out now and you're just like you know i want to know but ignorance is bliss 
So I think I'll just take your word for it and just... <laughs> okay, that's great that you have that approach because I think your instincts are fucking a thousand percent on. Because this is... I'll use this analogy. You know how people say guns are evil? Yes. Okay, well, that's the same thing when people say the occult is evil. It's simply a tool that can be used. And I don't mean magic. I just mean what really occult means. Oops, I almost just fell. Occult means hidden. And it refers... The way I look at it, it refers to hidden psychology. So it's yeah. just a way that a group of people um, or just a person or anybody, it could be used in sales. It's used a lot in government and religion. You know, like I said, of the new age, it's a way that people can use psychology to control another group of people or another person. So it could be done in an evil way or a good way. And the way symbolism fits in is it's you could see it a lot, uh, a lot more clearly. And people use symbolism, and they also use the tools in the tarot. So when we talk about stuff in the tarot, and when I break stuff down, I'm technically talking about occulted knowledge because it's hidden. Mm. And when I say hidden, some people like to refer to it like hidden secret society, but also I just like to say it's hidden for most people by themselves because they don't even want to look into it. So well, go ahead. Um, uh, you're, you're saying that it's like... Uh, hidden knowledge, hidden tools used in sales because it really makes me think about way um brain waves work to create the fabric of reality around you and it's like a weird concept that i have been more and more attracted to as i've gotten in as i've done like more research into like symbols and numbers and things like the quadrivium it's like if your voice produces waves and light produces waves your brain can be measured to produce waves as well so it would make sense. It, it makes sense to me that your brain is creating the reality around you. And like that is literally what manifests like certain things that you end up, you know, it's just like you said, when, when the student is ready, the lesson will come and you're literally creating like all of your experiences, kind of like the secret, but not, not so I, I hate to sound so like, I sound like a dick when I say this, but not so basic like The Secret, but... No, you're right on. You're exactly on. Because The Secret, they are... Those people that are uh, talking about that idea, they are abusing The Secret Feminine. They're not talking about at all about the masculine. And you need the masculine. You need the will. You need to get up off the couch. You can't just sit there on the couch and say, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. But if you employ what they don't talk about, which is the masculine, and you get out there and do it, and every day you say to yourself and look in the mirror, I want to be a millionaire... You'll probably be a millionaire. I'm not saying, you know, you'll probably be an evil person because right. you have to step on people. But not all millionaires are evil. That I shouldn't say that. But you know what I'm saying. But anyway, I know go ahead. exactly what you're saying. And oh, it's yeah. Because, like, you know, uh, I feel like tarot and uh, different rituals, magic included in that that particular word, magic. I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into this thing that comes from a different place beyond the veil. And it's like bringing me things. What you're doing is you're just like setting an intention and you're putting energy that's like being transferred out there into the universe. And it's kind of conspiring the universe to move in a way that will manifest the intention that it is you're setting. And it's interesting because like the tarot has a way of giving you a pulse or a temperature check on the things that you're trying to manifest. That's why you're thinking about them so much. That's why you have the audacity to ask something that might be able to show you a pathway. And it's what, what's interesting about it to me is when people say like, oh, use this tactic to get more sales or use this tactic to 
to to drive this. What they're really saying is like, think on it, put out the brainwaves, put some action to it, and then it will come. Kind of like what you said, balancing out that masculine and that feminine energy. And it's and it's interesting because I did that <clears throat> to manifest my commission. Like I hired a tutor, right, to pass the AFOQT, but then when I got hired at the kickboxing studio, I made my moniker Lieutenant Lee on the heart rate monitor board. And we had over a hundred members and they all called me Lieutenant Lee. And I'm like, well, if they all keep calling me this, like eventually that will become my reality. And I'm not the only one who's thinking on it. Now I've gotten a hundred other people to think on it and believe it. So it's like, you know, again, making the energy of the universe move in a way that will like become <laughs> sort of worked in my favor again, like not to abuse like the energetic system of the cosmos, but like, you know, sometimes you gotta just do what you gotta do to survive and, and, and get those things that you're trying to manifest in, in positive or negative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that's that's my argument when I talk about the occult. Because when you when you mention like satanic and people like that, there I believe there are people out there that are like that, and they use these uh, same ideas. They get their masculine and feminine inside them, and they get them together, and they create in the world. But they create evil in the world. But you know that's why I feel like good is getting its ass kicked right now because evil has its shit together, and good is running for the fucking hills, locked in their houses right now because they're afraid of something we can't even explain. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. But you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I just feel that that. So it could work, and that's why a lot of people, I believe, think it's negative because they only see the negative manifestation of it, whereas you're using the positive manifestation of it. You did use it to become a lieutenant. You use this occulted knowledge that's not hidden, you know, people. And when I say occulted, it really just comes down to, you could look at it this way, and it might offend some people when I say it, but it, it comes down to this. Are you thinking like a slave, or are you thinking like a free individual? Because think about, like, back in the day, they would say um, how they kept slaves. Like, even in Rome, they would never teach them how to read. And, you know, there's a famous story about how Caesar caught one of his legionnaires teaching one of his slaves the trivium method and Caesar pulled the the legionnaire aside and was like I'll, you know if I ever see you teaching a slave this again I'm going to throw you into the woods because if these slaves learn this then they won't be our slaves <laughs> like that's yeah. you know so that's the people who aren't the slaves they're using this just like you so congratulations you're not I mean you know we're all slaves in our own way but um it's good though because you, you also what I want to say is you use those 100 people that you worked with their intention their their um expectation of you also that's what kind of got you through what you had to the hardest times you talked about seer training and people probably if they saw you and then they saw what seer training really is i never went through it but i know what it's about because i know people that went through it and i talked to them and i was in the marine corps so i went through a bunch of shit too uh they really will really mess with you because it's it's kind of like well i know you know obviously but it's for people that don't know it's for if you're air crew so if you're on a plane and the plane goes down in enemy territory they want to make sure that, you know, they could give you a simulation of that. So it's not your first time. So that's what it is. It's a simulation of you getting caught by the enemy. Um, I would argue that, you know, I don't, I don't know. We're probably the worst enemy. But anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it's, it's a form of intense training that is designed to give you a baseline for where you're at. Um, yeah, I can imagine. It's, it's for the mental. It's, it's not for the mentally faint of heart, that is for sure. But I don't think any type of military training is. Basic training, officer training school, which is like basic training 
<laughs> I think you have to really have some hard questions, have some hard conversations with yourself and ask yourself if this is really right for you when they're inducing stress onto you. And, and they're trained to, you know, all of the staff members of any kind of military training, they're, they have the, the tools on how to properly induce stress at this point. But, you know, it's, it's all about how much you can take and how much you can handle. And, and it's interesting because you're like, evil's kicking good's ass right now. And I, I wanted to say before, well, it's because they're controlling a lot of the corporate news. They're controlling a lot of the media. Unfortunately, you can say all you don't have to say a lot. It's fine. They're controlling all of it. And they also they're controlling a lot of the stuff you see on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of I don't know if you ever heard of the word like psyop or gatekeepers. There's like people on oh, YouTube yeah. that you would think they're these conspiracy people, but then they only go so far. And it, it just reminds me anytime just that's how I kind of knew religion was full of it. And that's kind of also I, I hate to say this, but this is how I found out that Buddhism, like the religion of Buddhism in my opinion, is full of it, but like what the Buddha said is great. And just in the same way that the Christianity religion is full of it, but Christ's message is spot on. You know, like I don't think Christ would have been a Christian and Buddha certainly wouldn't have been a Buddhist. He he already said kill the Buddha if you see him on the road. So um, I think what happens is these messages get co-opted by larger entities like government and then they just use them for their own means to control people where there's a lot of tenants in there that are great and you could take a lot of that. But then... If you, uh, if the final thing at the end of the day is you got to do what we say or else, then it's like, wait a minute, there go you see the hook. You're like a fish and you're biting into this nice juicy worm. Then oh, there goes that hook again. God damn it. I didn't learn last time. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, yeah, absolutely right. And, and it's interesting too, because, um, I always tell people this when I am talking about religion, cause I feel like they're all kind of one in the same since they use the same messages and they have the same symbols i feel like the message gets convoluted because you know you've got other people tampering with the original like point of it and then trying to sell you on being organized in a very specific way but if you look at like the original message it's pretty simple it's live your best life and don't be an asshole like and that's pretty much like the crux of it is like try your best try to do good <laughs> and like don't be a dick of course you're gonna mess up because we're human beings that's part of the human experience is to get messy sometimes however like just don't be a dick like and that's pretty much like the, the really only takeaway from like every single philosophical religious teaching the part where it gets messed up is when people start creating stories to like further elaborate on it and then they want you again to organize and worship in a very specific way. And then that's when things kind of just, you know, go awry. Yeah. It yeah, detracts sure. from the original point. And I even see that in atheism when people are atheists because they're stuck to their hardcore belief. Now I, I say like, I'm not, uh, I'm not into religion or I'm not into like Buddhism or anything, but I'm also not an atheist. I also believe there is a creator and I, I'm, I seen evidence of that all around me. I see evidence of that. Um, I see evidence of that in myself and, you know, in my niece, I see evidence of that. Uh, so, but that's an individual thing that I had to come across through painstaking research of looking into things, looking, you know, having this feeling that it wasn't right and just not sticking with it and letting it go. You know, even, even though sometimes I thought like, man, to myself, I'd be like, oh, you're just the kind of person who always starts stuff and then you just never follow through. But there's a reason you got to try things out sometimes. And that's just the type of person I am. So I feel like, 
I have this connection. But then when I talk to somebody who's like, no, there's no God. And they're just like, certainly true. Like an agnostic. Okay. At least I can get you. You're just like, I don't know. Okay. I can respect that. But whenever somebody religiously believes in something, then it's a religion, just like money. I know I tell people money's a religion and somebody's like, no, it's not. I go, okay, money's not real, right? We can, we can agree. We can have a rational conversation to say that we all have to agree that this paper works. So it only works because we agree, right? And the person will say, yeah. And I go, okay. And you know, people who will kill for money, right? They go, yeah. I go, okay. A, it's not real and people will kill for it. What else is it other than a religion? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I've never had that conversation before. I've never heard it broken down like that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. I've arrived at it at, from a different way, but that's the analogy I use to get people to where I'm at now. Um, I think that there's all these things you could get from the Bible. Like they say, you know, even the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods above me. If you look at the what it could be taken from that, when they say me, you're technically it's really you are God. It's like as above, so below. You are a part of the creator, so you should have no other gods above yourself. And what that means also is if you're a part of the creation, then everybody is. So then you should have no other gods above everybody around you. And all that really means is it breaks down to just uh, simple like the golden rule. You could look at it even if you want to look at it from a um, political stance. Like, have you ever heard of the non-aggression principle? That's what like libertarians and stuff talk about. Well, if you you can employ the non-aggression principle, which states that you will not aggress on somebody unless they aggress on you, yep. and everyone will live fine. And then if they do, then you can employ the positive uh, manifestation of force, which is self-defense. Because this word force and violence, it, and it gets it gets all muddied, and there's a lot of obfuscation. But really, violence is just the negative use of force. So if somebody aggresses against you, or not aggresses, if somebody comes against you and uses violence, then you have the right under natural law to defend yourself and use whatever means necessary, whatever force. So I think it's a simple way to live. It just gets obfuscated. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel like that makes sense. A lot of the things that you're talking about, to me, just are forms of energy that are just represented by, you know, very specific things in the 3D. So it's interesting because uh, I was talking to somebody about this. I'm like, this sounds really weird. And I haven't, like, you know, de uh, deployed any drugs on you, but you might need them to, like, hear this. I'm like, but I really believe in the idea of everything. Like, if you can think of it, then it exists somewhere in the foam of like the billions of existing dimensions that are out there. And, and you've seen it on my Instagram. I have a quote by Emerson that says, uh, reality is a sliding door. And I really am like every single moment to, to choose to tie your shoes, to not choose to tie your shoes. It opens up two different portals. And then those, you know, like there's some dimensions where I don't even exist. Like I'm not even a thought because like, you know, my mom didn't choose to go that way. And somewhere in the form of existence, I'm Batman. Like <laughs> that's why I'm experiencing Batman because those might be memories that are like coming to me through like the form of cinema to like help my soul understand like the way it's being expressed in other forms of reality. And so it's like interesting because the concept of money, like, yes, it's not real, but it's something that we're using in the third dimension in this particular time frame 
to like uh, use as an exchange uh, for, you know, I'll give you, you know, fake energy in order to get this food, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's a because, talisman. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I hear you. Go ahead. Right, right. And, and then it's interesting because, like, um, I was talking to one of my close friends that I met at Lululemon about this, but, like, it's not just Earth either. There's lots of other planets. There's lots of other places your soul can go. Like, there's not just, like, the seven layers of, you know, there's not, like, the shadow realm or the dream realm or the 3D or the 5D. There's, like, other galaxies and other dimensions and other planets. Like, your soul could be, you know, recycled and take on a cat form. Your soul could be recycled and go to, like, the Pleiades and take on, like, a totally other, like, form. And so, like, you know, to look at, like, God and money and, like, all this stuff and creation, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's all there, but, like, you know, I love it. You just, like, put the hood on. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, we're, we're going to that level now. Like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's just getting chilly in um, here, but we're going to go there, too, though. Don't worry. <laughs> but it, 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 it goes, like, even beyond that, it goes beyond a creator. There's probably like, you know, tons of them out there that are just, you know, and I don't look, and, and it's funny too, because like dinosaurs for sure. But then that was like maybe a failed experiment. Like it could be, if you really believe it and like anything you believe, like could be true in this reality or another form. And that is like the piece that is really interesting to me because I'm just like, it's all relative like all of it and and numbers and patterns just like the quadrivium says they're literally just clues left here to help us unlock our understanding in our place among the stars in whatever dimension we're trying to figure out right now like in this particular timeline like there's another timeline where like i never even met you which is sad but like <laughs> i never took on hula hooping and I just went a totally other path. There's, there's, there's a life form of me that ended up going to Prague and like teaching English as a foreign language. And, you know, I just never got to this particular juncture. So like money is interesting to me because it's something that we use to get goods. It's something that we use to incentivize people to do specific things in this, in this particular dimension, but it's not something I think exists or is being used in probably like other realms, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I just thought, yeah. like, I just went off. No, that's great because I'm going to add to that. And I'm going to even say that I understand on this physical plane that we need money in this exact second to because it's it. what what what's going on. I, all right. So I'm just going to back up, back up even further. So obviously <laughs> I understand that we need money. But what I'm referring to is like somebody who just dedicates their life to just getting money and then they get it all. And then they, you know, they're like, I'm still not happy. Um, oh, yeah. But backing up, I believe it's just the way that the whole society um how everybody it's it's the result of everybody's behavior so everybody is creating the society we're in so everybody is under this false illusion that we need money and that's why it exists so i mean that like brings it of course we're really deep but i wanted to um come back to the trivium now did you you heard me talk about the trivium are you familiar with what it is in what I mean when I talk about it or what yeah, does that mean Yeah, I, I heard you talk about it in your last Instagram post. I think it was your last Instagram. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, but I kept watching that whole thing. That's why I told you. I was like, my energy is very sheepdog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. So, and what I what I want to try to express to people if they haven't seen that video, first of all, what are you waiting for? Go check it out. You can go to morelawsmoreproblems.com and you can get to all my videos that way. This is the latest video that I put up. It's called A Story About My Time in the Marine Corps. It's 12 minutes and 34 seconds long. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that wasn't a coincidence. Um, so go check it out. Cause I, I get funny at the end, I think anyway. Um, but what I wanted to say was with the trivium, it's basically, you talk about grammar, uh, grammar, logic, rhetoric. So grammar are just facts and you just get the facts that are around you. So if you want to investigate something, you go look up, you just look at what's around you and then you use the logic. So use the brain that God gave you or whatever force you believe gave you to discern what's true from what's false. And then you could separate it for yourself, use your intuition and you can even get people's advice. And I, I admit, uh, I think you should and read books and find out all you can about this. And then once you know the truth and you discovered it as best you can, then it's your job to tell people that's the rhetoric part. You have to do that because if you don't do that, it's going to stew inside you. You're going to have anger issues. You're going to be really mad. It's going to come out in different ways. Trust me. As soon as I started a blog, my anger problems cut in half because every time I would get mad about something, I would just write it down. Like Chuck D from Public Enemy said, when I get mad, I put it down in a pad. Huh, give me something that you never had. So <laughs> I learned that in eighth grade. And I ever since I've employed it, uh, I think I started my blog in like 2013. Um, it's really helped me. Now we do podcasts. It's even better because you could just express yourself. But the reason I brought all that up was because I wanted to talk about the difference when you get into some society or, or I'm sorry, into some uh, dogmatic either religion or like government or ideal or where they where they worship ideology. What happens is you take the grammar, so you take the facts around you, and then instead of putting it through your logic, you first must filter it through your ideology. And then what facts don't go through your ideology, uh, then you have to let them go. And um, that's the problem because you're letting things that are true go. And then you're out there talking to people. You're spreading your your rhetoric, and it's just all wrong. I think I might have screwed that up, but I think you guys get the point of what I'm trying to say. You need to like... <laughs> You need to look at your facts and separate them, and that's that's the true thing. Where and I feel that's what's going on, because it's easy to see in my mind. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world, in society, that are wrong, and it's easy for me to see, but it's harder for some people to see. And I feel that's what it is because they just won't let it go through their filter. They have these filters, and whatever doesn't fit, that's it. It just you know it doesn't matter if it's true. They just have a different way of gauging facts instead of truth. Have you ever thought too concerning like what you were talking about before about um, when the student is ready, the lesson will come and maybe some of the concepts and ideas that, you know, especially now that you and I are discussing that maybe those people just aren't ready for it. That's mm -hmm. why they're still, you know, living in whatever moment that they are where they're choosing not to accept certain things because it's just something that, they're not ready for it's a concept that they're that their soul's not ready to understand quite yet and that's okay too i mean it's 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 probably it's and then that's like the other thing i've talked to some of my friends about concerning like you know knowing being a blessing and a curse it's like once you start knowing that's when you see all the wrong that's going on but sometimes you know you have to just let it let it be like all right man like we're a woman that's your that's oh, your yeah. 
just sure. like your opinion, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to Yeah. You really got to pick your battles. I found that I, I found that all I can do. And I just came to this realization pretty recently where it's like, I can't wake the whole world up no matter how obvious it is of what's going on. You know, like think of these, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, the angels went in there to tell, to tell lot. They're like, listen, they're about to burn this mo to the ground. Like you got to get out of here now. And yeah. I feel like when you tell people this, you know, listen, you're not living in accordance with morality. You're, you're, you're demoralized as a population. You're going to run this civilization off a cliff. People don't want to hear that. They think you're making judgments. And it's like, no, I'm just speaking truth. And I get it because the uh, the def- definition of morality has been highly obfuscated. People think I mean like, you know, they're out like sleeping around and stuff. And I'm like, that's not what I mean. You know, I just mean you got to start treating people next to you like you want to be treated or at least treat don't treat them how you don't don't want to be treated. That's really the key. But, you know, it, it is good, though, because I so I came to this realization that I can't tell the whole world oh, as much as I want to. So I can only do and I can only affect people around me and I have to have a good balance because if I get too much into despair, that's not good either. That's not going to help anybody. So even if I, so say if just by my work so far, like say I walk outside and I catch COVID and die, uh, at least you got something out of what I have told you. So you could move it on to the next generation. And that's what we all have to realize. And that's what we have to do. Or at least for me, that's where I feel that's my path. So I have to wake up as many people as I can to what I know. So then they could pass it to the next person and hopefully uh, one day this will be a nice free country and I or um, a free land, I should say. Maybe evil won't be running so roughshod. And I really kind of feel that in the same way you were talking about different dimensions. I love that. I trust me. I I was right on board with you the whole time. I've already thought about that a million times. But I also like to think that um, we could be a, a consciousness could be passed on to other humans. You know, like down the road, who knows exactly how this works? So maybe we just don't realize it when we wake up to it and we have to come through it again. So we could actually literally be making the future better for ourselves instead of making it much worse for ourselves. In, in my opinion, I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Uh, but what I, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, have you heard of the Kabbalion? Um, no, I have not. It's a book. Okay. Do you listen to audiobooks at all? I do. All right. Well, you know how the tarot is supposed to be gifted to you? I've heard the same thing about the Kabbalion. So I'm going to gift you uh, audio version of the Kabbalion and you should listen to it because it talks about hermetic principles and you already have an idea. You have all the tools you need and this is going to be a thing that will put those things together. You know how, like you said, all the stuff you studied before, this is something for me anyway, in my experience that it's this ancient hermetic teaching and they just talk about how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to live. And it looks like this is what all the other religions were, what they came from, not exactly the Kabbalion, but just these ideas, you know, and then they were, taken by hucksters and used because I feel like, you know, most humans have a need for this. They want to feel spiritually good. And um, so I feel they take it, like I said, that little piece of bait and then they hook you in and then they got you with that idealism. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm always excited to expand my knowledge and because I think I heard you say this before on another podcast, but the more you unveil, the more you realize you don't know <laughs> you don't a lot. Know anything. You're That's like, what I tell people. People will argue with me about stuff online, and I say, listen, I already had the way you think. I have already was there. I'm onto something else now, and I still don't even know. You are so set in your ways. Don't you think that's a little dangerous? You know, I don't know, but that's all right. I, that's why I try not to argue online. It's kind of fruitless, like you were saying. If people yeah, aren't ready. 
and and just to comment on what you were talking about before i mean even if you touch one person you're still changing the vibration of the collective like just one soul is still that person's going to affect someone else and then slowly it can be a domino effect um but you really have to like stay the course and that's not an easy thing to do and in the military i find that especially you know i'll go um a whole month of just doing my yoga and my self-care and my meditations and i feel like i'm vibrating really high and my spiritual armor is really beefed up and then i'll go to a drill weekend and i just feel so different by the time that weekend is over and that can be a hard thing because i am very empathetic and so sometimes i find myself taking on energy that doesn't necessarily belong to me and i think that's what you from my understanding is what you were getting at before when you were talking about you know uh, passing on pieces of your soul to other people and and that is like energetic exchanges with other souls and sometimes you're passing on good and you're receiving good that's why it's important for like other I call them light workers. A lot of people talk about light workers on the interwebs, but you know, it's important for other light workers to find each other and to flock together because their vibrations are so much more powerful when they're together. Um, and that's why in the military, I'll seek out like my high vibing light workers, and I'm like, you stay close, don't get too far, because sometimes I do feel my spiritual armor being like depleted from all of this you know, crazy energy that I'm, I've absorbed. And it's interesting because one of my ex-boyfriends used to tell me, he'd be like, I swear to God, I need to stay away from you for at least like 48 hours for every day that you were at drill because like, this is you before. Oh, hun, you just went for a run. Like, I'm sorry you're walking like that. Here, let me give you a massage. Like, let's burn some sage and light some candles. He's like, and then this is you after drill. Why are you walking like that? You look like you just got fucked in the ass. Excuse my French. <laughs> and he's like, you're like so mean after a drill weekend. You're like on a whole other level. And I'm like, yeah, oh my God, I'm sorry. I just took in a lot of like energy that wasn't mine. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. You have to, well, I, yeah. <laughs> there's not enough sage in the world for this <laughs> no that's why well see that's why i use laughter and i use comedy because you do have to transmute that and to go back to what you're saying about vibrations i think that's great because no matter what you're doing you're creating it even if you lay in bed all day you're just creating that you're you're putting out vibrations into the world so you might as well be putting good vibrations out because then it's going to change the whole world as a collective and then also if you can teach other people to do that it's going to exponentially uh, affect that you know like i said though you just got to be worried about ideology just um you gotta yeah. always just stay true to yourself as and i'm not saying way. uh vibrations like just because i don't use that term loosely i say it in a very pragmatic and scientific way because there is no such thing as solid mass you're literally just Billions of molecules vibrating against each other at a rate and a frequency that makes you appear to be a solid whole. I mean, your skin is porous and coming out of you are all kinds of vibrations and energies that your soul is emitting and your soul comes from another place. It's the only thing that kind of like makes sense to me. Even rocks, even, even something that appears to be solid because it was pressurized and condensed you know, so hard diamonds and things like that. They're not solid. Those are things that 
were just, again, put under pressure and condensed so tightly. But still, if you were to break it down to the very ab atom in the fabric of the 3D that you're experiencing, they're just tiny little dots vibrating against each other to appear a specific way in this particular dimension for through our perception of reality. So that's why when I talk about vibrations, it's in, it's in a very scientific way i mean anyone can look it up on the internet it's there we all learned it in physics class that like you know matter can neither be created nor destroyed first of all and then second of all like all of these all of these things that appear to be solid are not um and that includes people and and you're just housing a soul that's radiating all kinds of stuff good energy bad energy i say a lot of times my energy is very much like tinkerbell where I can only experience like one pure emotion at a time. So when I'm happy, I'm like very happy. And then when I'm mad, I'm like, hmm, like super pouty. Like, and everyone just feels like the brunt force of that until I like get over it. <laughs> it's because you haven't came across a transmuter of energy yet. That's all. <laughs> I transmute everything mostly into laughter because I laugh at myself and I, I'm silly and laugh at other people. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, man, You that's, Something that's real. That's something that I brought uh, to the Marine Corps also, and that's one of the reasons why they didn't want me to leave. But I was like, no, it's my time, man. Like, you know, uh, I got other paths to walk. But um, I think we should probably, I guess, wrap this up because we're close to an hour. And, uh, you know, I mean, we could keep talking forever, I feel, at this point. But um, <laughs> I'm going to leave you with the final word, though, I guess. Would it, uh, is there anything else you want to either, I don't know, ask me or talk about? I mean, I guess... For all of, the, all of the listeners out there, you know, it's all about tapping into your highest, your highest good as best you can. You don't have to do it all the time. It's not about being perfect. The, the whole human experience, again, like I said before, it's to be messy, but it's also not to be led or driven by fear because that fear is what creates a lot of that uh, ego-based behavior that causes a lot of problems in this particular reality. And I, I see it, I, I've seen it in every different job I've had in this experience. And, and the best that you can do is to just say, hmm, this is what's coming up for me. This is how I, you know, choose to acknowledge it. I mean, you were saying before how you utilize comedy as a way to sort of elevate the collective and you know just finding that positive mechanism that will shift the vibrations and i mean that in its pure scientific form like shifting those vibrations to positively influence everyone else around you so that we can all slowly start to shift and change again it's that domino effect and then maybe we can tip the scales we'll eventually be able to tip the scales and start kicking evil's ass and, uh, you know, really utilizing our resources and utilizing our, our energy in a, in a more productive and responsible way. So, but I really, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Again, I'm a big fan of yours. I like all of the podcasts that you do. I, whenever you make a post on Instagram, I'm like, oh, expanding my knowledge, I will click. Thank you. Well, I'm glad somebody appreciates it. So at least I know I'm making a difference in at least one person's life. So hey, what else more can somebody do? That's a lot more than most people can say because most people are making negative differences in people's lives. And like I said, this isn't a judgment, everybody. You can only start where you are. And if you want to change your life, you're the only one who can do it. You have to employ that masculine will 
use it together with that feminine creative energy and create what you want in the world. If you'd like to know more, go to my website at morelawsmoreproblems.com. I would love to talk about this. I always do. I got videos. I got podcasts. I got memes. I mean, you know, people are sick of me. Not apparently not everybody's sick of me, but uh, anyway, so you can do that or you can always go to comedyol.com to support us. There's an Amazon link there. There is uh, I'm really mad at Amazon though, but you can also you could also donate right on PayPal or you can be a patron. Patron, that's it. Yes. Anyway, everybody, thank you for listening and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Yeah,